Well, I'm going to talk tonight about somebody say something. Somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to declare the works of the Lord. Somebody needs to speak of his goodness. Somebody needs to say, I am free. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. I woke up one morning this week and, and it's good when you wake up just in the presence of the Lord and you wake up with a scripture going over in your spirit. And this scripture was going over in my heart. Psalms 19 verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. The Bible tells us over in Matthew, you know, in Matthew 12, the first part of this verse isn't that great, but it says, out of the fullness in the New King James, out of the fullness of the overflow, the superabundance of the heart The mouth does what? So that's why the psalmist David was saying, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, the revelation is whatever in our heart is what's going to flow out of our Mouth. Verse 35 there in Matthew says, the good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things. Is everybody in here good man? Okay, then we don't have to read that about the evil man. We're all going to let good things come out of our mouth because we're putting good things in. And I like how it says the fullness of the overflow out of the fullness of the overflow. The mouth speaks what is in us in abundance flows out of our mouth. We're entering the holiday season. It's a time of year when there's going to be a lot of intake of calories. It's a time of year when people are going to eat lots of turkey. And by the beginning of the new year, some people have eaten so much turkey, they're going to be going gobble, gobble. They're going to start looking like a turkey and sounding like a turkey. You are what you eat, right? We've heard that. You are what you eat physically. It shows up. (laughs) The older you get, the more it shows up. Unfortunately, we were driving here tonight and I don't remember what, how I got on the conversation, but I was talking to pastor and I said, man, I remember when I was younger, it was like, I was almost 45 before I could ever gain weight. I mean, I could just eat and eat and eat and eat. My sisters used to always get so upset with me. I was like a skinny glutton. They gain weight. It's a teenager or twenties, thirties. I had both of our kids and like the next week I was down to the same weight and I just eat and eat and eat. But then, bomber. But then, I was around 45 and it was like, what? You mean I'm going to gain weight now? Because you do, you do become what you eat. And it starts showing up, unfortunately, in places you don't want it to show up. But you know what? The same is true spiritually. We become what we eat. If we eat junk spiritually, it shows up. Shows up in every area of our life. If we put garbage in, guess what? Garbage comes out of our mouth. 
If all we do is feast on bad news and evil reports and we start talking bad news and we start talking evil report, we start talking about lack and all of this stuff. But we're in the good crowd, right? We're in the crowd that comes on Sunday night and says, I'm going to put good things into my heart. I'm going to meditate on the word of God. And when evil comes my way out of my good treasure of my heart, it's going to flow good. Going to flow the word of God. This group here, I believe of all of our church, all, all of our congregation. But we ought to be like sponges. We ought to soak in. We ought to have soaking times, soaking in of the presence of God, getting saturated with his spirit, taking large doses of the word of the Lord. And when you are a sponge, you know, you can have a sponge and put it can be dry as a bone and you drop it in a sink full of water. What does it do? It soaks in. All that water and all that moisture. When you come to church, when you get in the Lord's presence, when you pray, when you magnify his name, when you read his word, even at home in your devotional time, it's like soaking in of the goodness of God. Soaking in of his promises. Soaking in of his spirit. And you know the enemy, you know what he likes to do? We're sponges soaking in. And he likes to come and he likes to ring that sponge try to ring that sponge and say you know you're a failure you know you don't ever do anything right but when you've been soaked with the word of god and the presence of god when he tries to ring your sponge ring your life with lies you know what's going to come out oh no i'm not i can do all things through christ What strengtheneth me when he comes and nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. What was that little saying? Nobody likes you. Likes me. I'm going to go out and eat worms. What? Remember that? (laughs) When he comes and says, nobody likes you. You're rejected. Yeah. Trying to wring the moisture out of you and the presence of God out of you. What ought to come out is, oh, that's not true. I'm accepted. In the beloved. Hallelujah. How about when he comes and tries to wring that sponge and say, you're broke. Disgusted and busted. What ought to come out? No, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I've been soaking in of the promises of God that says he meets all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I've been saturating myself in his presence and in his presence is fullness of joy and fullness of everything that I need. Hallelujah. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. When you're soaked with the right stuff, when the pressure comes on, what's going to come out of you is the right stuff. You're not going to line your mouth up with what he, the lies he is telling you. Amen. I heard a minister say this years ago and I give him credit, but I don't remember who it was. If you feed your heart faith when you don't need it, your heart will feed your mouth faith. When you do need it. 
Do you get that? If you feed your heart faith, even when everything's going great, seems like you don't need it, then when you do need it, your heart will feed your mouth faith. And you'll be speaking the word even in the, in the face of adverse circumstances. If we can get our mouth running in line with the word of God, it will take us in the direction that we want to go. Listen, I heard someone say this recently. Believing and speaking opens the door to the supernatural. Anybody in here, could you use some divine, supernatural intervention? How about some overflow of the goodness of God? Well, believe what he says. Speak the word and it will open the door to the supernatural. And that door to the supernatural, the knob is in our control. It's on our side. God has not locked the windows of heaven. God hasn't locked the door to supernatural help and supernatural provision. The knob is in our control. It's our faith and it's our speaking that opens that door to the supernatural. Now, I know that many people in here, you've been believing. You've been praying. You've been standing. You've been saying the word. But I want to encourage you tonight to hold fast. We all have to do that. It might not look like your family's coming in, but they are coming in. I heard a report even during worship. One of my friends came over and told me about somebody in their family that rededicated their life to the Lord and their wife got saved. Hallelujah. Keep standing. Keep standing. You're going to see the desired end result. And you know, it's not if we don't just stand in prayer, but we speak what we want to see come to pass. We don't call the things that we're looking at like they are. We call what we believe in going to happen in the name of Jesus. This scripture over in Hebrews chapter 10, and I use the New King James a lot, but these verses are familiar to me in the King James. So I want to read this out of the King James. Hebrews 10, 23 in the King James. It says, let us hold fast the profession. Many translations say confession, but I want to use profession tonight for a reason. The profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise has anybody found out that God is faithful he's faithful he's just he's true hallelujah he's been faithful to us the question is are we faithful to him are we faithful to hold fast to what he has promised without wavering well we need to be as i was looking at that word profession it reminded me of the word professional i'm sure many of you in here are a professional in some field what about a professional A professional, this is what came to me, a professional does their job even when they're tired. A professional goes to work even when they don't want to. 
A professional stays cool and calm under pressure. A professional relies on their training when they face a difficult situation. Think about it. The military, the law enforcement, something comes up and you know, they're, they're, maybe there's their uh, superior officer will say, lean to your training. Just do what you've been trained to do. You've can't, you were trained for this. You know what to do. You're a professional. Just do what you've been trained to do. You and I, we're professionals. Did you know that? We are in the Lord's army. He wants us to do what we've been trained to do. And what we've been trained to do is hold fast to the profession of our faith. Without wavering, no matter what comes across our path, when we are professionals about walking in the word of God, we're not going to be moved. We're not going to go, we're not going to fall apart. We're not going to crumble. We're not going to cower down. We're going to stand our ground and act like what we're supposed to act like. Another thing about a professional is this. They're so good at what they do, they get paid to do it. Like maybe a golfer, a race car driver, an artist, a chef. There's a lot of people that are amateur golfers, amateur chefs or artists or whatever. What's the difference between a professional and an amateur? A professional gets paid to do it. Because they've invested the time and the energy to get trained and to be good at it. An amateur just kind of like enjoys doing it when it's fun or when it's easy. There are too many Christians that are amateurs. They're not enjoying the benefits of being a believer because they haven't trained and invested the time to develop their skills. Lots of amateur Christians. But you know what? We could all go pro. We could all come up a level. Hallelujah. And you know what happens when you come up a level in your walk with the Lord and you're acting like a professional? You get paid. Hallelujah. You get to enjoy the benefits. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. There's benefits. There's rewards to holding fast to the confession of our faith. There's benefits. There's rewards for walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Hallelujah. How many of you want to get paid? How many of you want to walk in the blessings of the Lord? Hallelujah. Then hold fast to the profession of your faith. I don't mean like being a professional that you're putting on an act, but I mean that you know a professional. They're not moved by circumstances. They're not moved by crisis. They just step in and do what they've been trained to do. We've been trained to live a victorious life. We are anointed and we are appointed to walk in victory, to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Does anybody in here believe this tonight? The Spirit of God is trying to help us to come on up, to speak the word so that we can get the results that we are desiring to see. Jesus taught his disciples something. And Brother Kenneth Hagin didn't write this verse. Over in Mark 11, 22 and 24. Some people think he did, but he didn't. It's the word of God. Yeah, he discovered it and he went around the world teaching it and enlightening people to this wonderful promise. Once again, I want to read it in the King James because that's what I'm familiar with. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, this is Jesus. Not Kenneth Hagin. Jesus. It's in red in your Bible. Have faith in God. One translation says, have the God kind of faith. Faith that God has. Faith that caused him to speak the world into existence. It's what he puts on the inside of us. When we get born again over in Genesis chapter one, it's such a beautiful picture of our God acting out the God kind of faith. It says, God said, God said, God said, let there be light. God said this, God said, let there be stars. And then it says, God saw. That's a progression of the God kind of faith. It always has to start out with saying the word of God. Saying it and then saying it. You and I have the God kind of faith if we're born again. Then he goes on in verse 23. For verily I say unto you. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Saith is in there three times and believing is only once. People believe things. People will try to believe the word of God, but then you get them to try to speak it. And they're like, well, no, I don't believe in that confession. How did you get born again? (laughs) Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. That ought to be a clue for us. That this is important to walking in the God kind of faith. Because that's how we get saved. Believing at first. Of course believing is important. We have to believe. But you can believe all day long that Jesus is the son of God. But you got to say it. To be born again. Confession. Isn't Christianity called the great confession? Yes it is. In verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Who's going to have them? Is anybody in here a whosoever? Anybody 
that will believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is now a whosoever and can have whatsoever they believe in their heart and say with their mouth, of course, the criteria is based upon the word of God. Certainly, there have been people that have gone around and said flaky things like, well, I believe I'm going to receive $10 million and they don't have $10 in their checkbook. Or people that say, I believe, you know, that I'm going to buy this house next week and they haven't been able to pay the rent for three or four months. You know, you, people say those things, but in reality, when they're saying them, they're just words. They don't really believe that in their heart. I know they don't because you've got to believe it in your heart. To have substance, to have a foundation to those words. And the only way that happens is to build into your heart what the word says. I like this. I heard someone say this this week. If faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. If your faith is not strong enough to move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. We can talk all day about I have mountain moving faith, but if you're not declaring it, if your faith, if what you're believing God for is not strong enough on the inside that you are declaring it, nothing's going to happen. Some Christians know that they're not supposed to speak doubt and unbelief. They know enough to not do that. So the crisis of life hits. The disease attacks their body. So they just, they shut up and they say, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not going to speak doubt and unbelief. But not speaking doubt and unbelief is not enough. Whosoever shall Say unto this mountain. It's a good thing not to talk doubt and unbelief. It's wonderful not to, to declare all of the symptoms and, and all of the problems. That's a good start, but that's not all of it. We can't just close our mouth and think something is going to happen. You don't win by default. You not, you don't just close your mouth and say, not say the wrong thing. You gotta open your mouth. And declare the right thing. Declare the word of the living God. If what we believe on the inside of us that is not deep enough to cause us to speak, we need to deepen our belief system. I'm sure you've had this experience. I was thinking about it yesterday. There are people that believe in flaky things. I mean, maybe vitamins or diets or some, you know, I've been guilty of looking at those emails that come. Some, you know, new cream that's going to take 15 years off of your life. I mean, they they believe. They really, really believe in this. And they're out there pushing it. And they're trying to sell it. When people really believe in something, they're going to talk about it. They're going to promote it. When somebody really believes in something, you sometimes you can't or they won't shut up about it. 
We've had people that have gotten on tangents and diets and we won't name any names. And, you know, I know it's a holiday season. I shouldn't be talking about weight and all of that. And, but it is a reality. But people that get on these diets and, well, man, it works so good for them. And they begin to preach it to everybody. And I just, you know, I sometimes listen to them while I'm eating my candy and say, well, that's interesting. <laughs> my daughter-in-law, Esther, we used to, we took a couple of trips together and she used to get the biggest kick out of me because I would go on the plane and I would bring a lot of these women's magazines, you know, nothing junky, but a lot of them that had stuff in there about how to use this cream or, or do this diet or do this plan. And I'd sit there and read it. And she said, are you going to do that? I'd say, no, but I kind of find it interesting that people are talking about it, but I never did any of it. It doesn't work, but people... It doesn't work if you don't do it. But people that really believe in this stuff, they talk it. They push it. They promote it. They try to cram it down your throat. Do you believe this to the degree that you can't quit talking about how good Jesus is? That he has turned your life around. That he has done something miraculous in you. And you're like the prophet of old and you're like, woo, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones and I just can't keep it to myself. You might be blabbing about all the things that are going wrong in the world, somebody at work, and you just raise your hands and say, wait, 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 wait. I demand equal time. You're talking, you're damning God. You're talking about all of this stuff. I'm going to tell you, he's not the one that's bringing the trouble. I'm here to praise him. I can't be silent any longer. If I hear people talking about, oh, the world is so terrible. It's so awful. And, and God did this. And that tragedy that happened in the Philippines was an act of God. We don't have to be rude, but we can boldly say in love, no, God didn't do that. My belief system is rooted so deep that I can't have somebody blaming terrible things on God and cursing him and me not say, no, 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 no. You don't know him. Our God is a good God. Be a blabbermouth for Jesus. If you really believe this, you'll praise him. You'll let your light shine. You'll invite people to church. People are hurting. People need the Lord. Hallelujah. You can be a witness when you shop. That gal, what's her name? But we won't go, we'll go by her name. But Don ran into this lady at Macy's. <laughs> I've done the same thing too. We both have been a light in Macy's and this girl's coming to church now. Hallelujah. Because she talked to her about Jesus. You don't have to put on religious robes and did thouest, knowest, that heest, that sittest up in the heavenest. No. Just talk people's language. Love. They don't, they can't resist the love of God. Amen. I have a question for you. Do you believe in your heart that the words that you are speaking contain power? Jesus said it, whosoever will believe in his heart.
say with his mouth. He can speak to mountains and they will be removed. You know why mountains respond to words? Because they were created with words. And they'll respond. They responded to God's words when he said, mountains be. And they'll respond to our words when we say, mountains be removed. Anybody in here got any mountains that need to be moved? How about a mountain of lack? How about a mountain of oppression? A mountain of pain or a mountain of disease? We are instructed by our Lord Jesus Christ. To talk to the mountain, not about the mountain. We're not supposed to get up every day and say, looky there. That mountain got bigger. That mountain is huger. That mountain is badder, if that is a word. That mountain is badder than it was yesterday. Woo! Honey, look how big that mountain is. No. We're not to talk about our mountain. We're to talk to the mountain. And what are you saying to your mountain? Be thou removed. Amen. I was thinking about David and Goliath and how he ran at his giant. He ran at his giant. Never run at your giant with your mouth closed. David had the words of faith in his mouth. Think about it. Little bitty guy, great big giant. I'd say that's a mountain in his way. But he wasn't talking about how big the mountain was. He was talking what he was going to do to the mountain. You can read the story. It's over in, in 1 Samuel, I believe, chapter 17. This is what David said. You're coming to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he goes on and he says, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. And this is what he declared. This is what you need to say to your mountain. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. I'm going to smite you. I'm going to take your head off. And I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. Woo! That's how you talk to your giants. That's how you talk to mountains staring you in the face. Everybody around him was reverencing Goliath. The armies were shaking in their boots. The men of valor were shaking in their boots saying, Goliath's too big to be defeated. But David said he's too big to miss. (laughs) He's too big to miss. And the words of faith that he was speaking got on those little stones. And they caused those little stones to hit their target. Hallelujah. And your words of faith will do the same thing. They'll give you a bullseye every time. Woo. Don't look at it as too big to defeat. Look at it as too big to miss. 
wind up that slingshot filled with the stones that are anointed with the word of God and take those giants heads off in the name of Jesus. Does our confession matter? Do our words make a difference? Somebody say something. Somebody declare the works of the Lord. Somebody talk of how great our God is. In this temple doth everyone speak of his glory. He is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Woo! We're not talking lack. We're not talking weakness. We're talking how big our God is. Amen. Our confession will lead us to lay hold of our, our uh, possession. Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. I just was listening to a preacher this week and some of these quotes are, are coming from him. But, you know, it just stirred my heart. Yes. I'm going to let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in his sight. Because I want my words to be full of power. I want my words to shake the kingdom of darkness. I want my words to pull down the strongholds of the enemy over this area. I want my words to release the glory of God into this place, into this earth. It does matter what we speak. Faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. Now listen to this. Confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Lots of people, they want to receive something from the Lord. Anybody in here want to receive something from the Lord? But the road is out. The road is out. God's got a truckload of blessings. Answered prayer. That he's trying to get to us. But if we negate it by beginning to back off and saying, well, nothing's happening. The word's not working. I don't think God's going to do it this time. And just start speaking doubt and unbelief. Well, I don't think I'm ever going to be free. I don't think this disease is ever going to lead my body. All of a sudden, that road, that confession had built for faith to carry its mighty cargo. It gets overgrown. Weeds start coming in. Trees start falling down. And God's looking for a little path just to get a little something to us. How about we talk the word of God so that he can get to us what we are believing in our hearts. Don't allow trash talk to spring up in your life. The other night, I was watching a, a show with Pastor. It was about, what were they called? The Fab Five? 
the Fab Five, these basketball players back in whenever year that was. But anyhow, they were known. I was sitting there. I was having sort of quality time with my hubby. Anyhow, (laughs) the Fab Five. But one of the things they were known for that I thought was kind of funny, he explained it to me. They were known for trash talk. They'd get up in their enemy's face. And he, they, this one guy said he'd find out what their mother's name was and all this stuff about them. And they'd just, you know, they'd say bad stuff, trying to get in their heads. Well, you know what? We, as believers, we don't need to be talking trash. What's trash talk for us? Discouragement. When, Lord, when? Why, Lord, why is it taking so long? Don't let the devil get in your head. Don't let him talk trash to you. The devil will come and try to get in your face and talk about your mama too. Don't listen to those lies. It'll cause weeds to get on your path on that highway that God's trying to get things to you. Don't listen to his trash talk and don't you talk trash. Talk the word. Amen. I know there's some people in here that you have started out speaking the word over your situation. Your family. That's right, right? Isn't that what it called it? See, I was listening. Over your situation. And you know, pretty much anything I hear, I can turn it into a message. So there you go. Anyhow. Some of you. Started out good on your road of confession. And you were building that road through which faith could carry its mighty cargo. Those confessions of faith are like laying down another brick on the yellow brick road. <laughs> Whatever. But, but then through the lapse of time. Time can be an enemy sometimes. Through the lapse of time, we can get lethargic. Or we can begin to let our faith-filled words slip. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about when God wants to bring change into a person's life, He touches their mouth. The prophet Isaiah. The prophet Jeremiah. He had a call on their lives. And when he wanted to get them in their place and get them on their path, he had to touch their mouths and change their words. With Jeremiah, it was found over in Jeremiah chapter 1. We we don't need to quote, um, go there again. But he said to him, I put my hand on your mouth. And I will put my words in your mouth. And then he told him that you are anointed. I'm going to anoint you. The oversight over this nation. To root up. To pull down. To destroy. To overthrow. To build. And to plant. Jeremiah was anointed to speak God's word. He was a prophet. But you know what? Every single one of us. Even though we may not stand in the office of a prophet. Few people do. But we are called to prophesy. Prophesy is simply divine utterance. To speak 
what he puts in our heart to speak. That's why we got to put the word in our heart. When you put the word in your heart and then you're facing a situation, it's already in there. And the spirit of God will bring it to your remembrance and there'll be an unction on it for you to prophesy over that situation to bring change. God anoints his words spoken out of our mouth. It contains power. Divine utterance is what prophesying is. As I was looking at that word, there was a cross reference in one of my Bibles that took me over to Revelation chapter 10, verse 11, that I found very interesting. And that verse, we're, we're fixing to wind down here. That verse in the, in the King James, it says, And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again. Before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. So I begin to look at that. Spirit of God was speaking to me. Prophesy again. There are many things that we have to keep speaking the word over. They don't change instantly. They don't move all at once. But they will. If we'll keep declaring the word of God in the living Bible, that verse says you must prophesy further. And I heard this in my spirit that there are people that you've been speaking over situations. But if you will ask the Lord, he will give you even more utterance. He will give you words to speak that will destroy the yokes of the enemy. Sometimes we've been making, you know, we can get roped in our confessions, but there is a fresh anointing. And I believe that, that God is dealing with some people. He's going to help you to prophesy farther, to speak a word, to root up, to pull down, to destroy barriers, barriers and obstacles that have seemingly held your breakthrough back. Does anybody receive that? You can proclaim the words that he gives you to speak. And this afternoon, I just heard this so strong in my heart. Divine utterance will be given. Divine utterance spoken will produce divine results prophesy further you've come up to a point you're doing good you're doing well but you're kind of like you're stuck and things aren't moving but i believe that that there is a word from heaven for you tonight That if you will seek the Lord and you'll say, Lord, what is that? Something's not quite right here. Something, something else needs to be done. Something else needs to be said. Prophesy further. And the unction is going to come upon you. And those words are going to flow out of you in power and demonstration. And that thing, that wall, that barrier that seemed like it wasn't moving, is going to move going to move you know why because the anointing the anointing destroys yokes removes burdens and and 
and for subriketa and someone it's concerning uh it's concerning a child or or a relative and it just seems like that you command that you've done what you know to do you've spoken the word you prayed and and things aren't changing things aren't moving but in my heart it's a mitoreta i just sense this there there is a there's a spirit and you know we don't go on on devil hunts and all of that stuff here but there is a spirit that needs to be spoken to and God's going to give you divine utterance seek me says the Lord and I'll show you exactly what it is and I will give you the words to speak and that thing will be destroyed. That yoke, that bondage, amondre ma subreta, is coming down in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Let's um, all let's all just lift our hands right now. We thank you for divine help. Divine, divine means proceeding from heaven. Divine is above this world. Divine is beyond our intellect and what we know. We are to do what we know to do, but we are not limited by that. Woo! Everybody lift your hands and say, I receive. Divine intervention, supernatural help. Divine utterance. Words to speak. That will change the situation. Oh, hallelujah. Now let's just all stand up.